Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 19th, and trending this hour, King Charles. He has decided against living at Buckingham Palace for his home. It's a surprising break from royal tradition. He has chosen to stay at Clarence House. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So what does that mean? That castle just sits, like, empty? I mean, other people live there? What happens when... The person is like, I'm not going to live there. Isn't that the premise of the whole thing is to live there? Well, they've got many castles and many residences <laughs> they could choose from as their primary dwelling. I believe all of the offices are still in Buckingham Palace for the staff. You know, it's not just him. He's got people around him that work for him. So they'll remain there. Oh, okay. I'm glad everyone is taken care of. And I just wondered what and happened And there's apartments when... throughout it where other members of the royal family uh-huh. can live there. Seems kind of excessive. But he has chosen to stay at Clarence House instead. Also trending is Bob Costas. He made an embarrassing error on air during the Yankees-Guardians game. Apparently at one point he said that the New York Yankees didn't win the World Series in 2009 when in fact that's the last time they did win. Well, Bob Costas in general is an embarrassment when he's announcing. And we've talked about this because everything with this guy is the biggest event that ever happened in the history of sport. Like a guy could be having a short lead at first base, and he would launch into some soliloquy about every great base stealer that ever happened and how this guy's lead at first base is reminiscent of that person. Watching, listening to Bob Costas do a baseball game is exhausting, and I would bet there are many, many people who, like me, can only watch it with the sound off. (laughs) Finally trending, Black Monday. It happened 35 years ago today. Black Monday remains the stock market's worst single day in history. And that was 1987? 1987. 1987. It is seven minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So, Rob, you know when you go to a concert? Yes. And at the end of the show, Mm -hmm. the band comes out and they say, thank you, good night. Right, that's correct. Right. Not our president. (laughs) He apologized. (laughs) And you know what? It's kind of about time that he apologized (laughs) to all of us. That's how he's ending his speeches. He's 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 mic dropping with an apology. Isn't it weird too? Because it's not like he does things and you'll go, "Well, that was stupid." He does things and you don't even know what he's doing. Like he will he like this clip we're about to play. I still have no idea. I've watched a lengthy part of the clip Mm -hmm. because the the clip we're going to play is not all that long. So that okay, there has to be more to it than that. And so I watched an extended version of it. And there's nothing that he's doing that you would say, oh, what a terrible mistake, certainly by Biden's standards. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, he is just randomly apologizing for himself at the end of this this speech. I, I, I couldn't figure it out either. I thought maybe he recognized that he stumbled over his words. No, this just is this is just how he's saying goodbye from now on. I'm sorry for living. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to listen to it. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my presidency. Can we play that again? <laughs> God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
What is wrong with him? <laughs> Somebody knows. I think Jill Biden knows. He's At this point, he's doing all he can do to lower gas prices before midterms. And according to Reuters, he is expected to release 14 million more barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Okay, so let's walk through this because that's an important point that he's going to once again open up the strategic reserves. So Biden chokes off the ability to produce and move, which is even more important, move oil in this country, mm -hmm. right? We can all agree that that took place shortly after he became president of the United States. Yeah. So he chokes off the ability to produce and move oil. Then in response to that, he goes and begs the Saudis to produce more oil. Mm -hmm. And then when they tell him no, he releases oil from the strategic reserves. Mm -hmm. Even though he said in early October that they weren't considering that. Does that make sense to anyone? Like, just remove the letter and whatever ideology that you have or preconceived notions. Guy chokes off ability to produce and move the oil, then goes and begs a quasi-terrorist nation. They tell him to stick it, pretty much. And then his response to that is, I'll release the strategic reserves. Does that, did, like, I feel like I've missed a step in this, but I didn't because you understand it the same way. I mm -hmm. understand it. Does that make any sense to anyone? No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no, Great. it doesn't. All right, okay, very good. He has also issued his 23 pledge to Democrats, and that is that if they hold on to Congress, he'll sign abortion rights into law. So that is what is on his agenda. It's just the timing is so transparent. It's just <laughs> so we see what you're doing. He's trying to lower these gas prices right before midterms, doing anything he can. Got to get him down because he knows that he is being blamed for all of the high gas prices. Can we play an audio clip that I saw yesterday? And I want to set it up if that's all right. Yeah. Is this this, uh, this author? Yes. Uh, okay. She's an author, a speaker, and a personal empowerment advocate. Yeah. Shamika Michelle is her name. Mm -hmm. And I saw this clip. She is black. And at a time in which we are told that everyone is a victim and basically society is super racist and the narrative from the, the left is that black people cannot get ahead unless the Democrats intervene and interfere on your behalf, which is super racist to begin with. She, this audio clip we're going to play, I just thought was so perfect because it's exactly what we say on this show every single day. But of course, we just get labeled as a bunch of racist, Nazi, semi-fascist, democracy haters. But when it comes from a black person, mm -hmm. hopefully it will resonate with more people. Is America a systemically racist country? My answer is no, because inanimate objects cannot be racist. Uh, you know, I think we're just as racist as the people that are here. We're going to always be as racist as the people that we put in power. But if there is some certain rights that I don't have as a black person, someone forgot to tell me. Because when I woke up this morning, I was free to come and go as I please. I came here a as free as I wanted to be. And everything that I've done in life, I've done it because because I wanted to, and no one has stopped me from doing that. Come on. I thought that was just perfect. 
She likes to empower people. She is the author of a book called Naked Girls, and the book is a compilation of real-life stories and experiences by women. Yeah, you are responsible for your own life. And are there racist people in this country? Yes, on all sides of the aisle. But by and large, you are responsible for your own life and your own actions. And this is what kills me on this equity thing, right? Like, there are people who are born on third base. The owner of the Indianapolis Colts was not only just born on third base, Jim Irsay, he was born one step away from home plate. His dad was a super wealthy air conditioning guy who bought a football team that when he passed away, willed it to the guy, and you're instantly worth a gajillion dollars. I'm not mad about that. I'm mad that he takes my money through tax increases that he strong-armed the government into passing. That makes me mad. But I'm not mad that Jim Ursay was born into a better, more affluent life than me. I still have the opportunities to live out my dreams. And it seems like now, and this is always the playbook for the Democrats because they need to divide people, they need to separate people, and they need to convince people once they've divided and separated them that only the government can make you whole, that you can't do it alone. And you can do it alone. And that clip was, she was so right and it was so good. Empower yourself. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And here's another story. Uh, okay, I've got to, I'll set this one up and then I'm going to ask you a question, Rob. So Ulta Beauty yes. has a podcast. Now, Ulta oh. Beauty is a makeup store mm-hmm. and they have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And in the podcast, they're using a transgender woman to promote femininity. Wait, wait. So transgender woman, help me with this, and I'm sure I'll be labeled a bigot or homophobic or something. That's a man... Who transitioned to a woman. Okay. Yes. And in this podcast, the woman states that she wants to be a mother, Mm -hmm. and then later on in the podcast, two men are talking about what it's like in girlhood. Uh Uh-huh. They have zero experience in right. this, but they're the experts for this beauty store. Well, wait, wait. So, but I have so many. Can we take a break? Because I have so many questions on this already, <laughs> and we're we need to get to a break. But okay. I, but I really, really, really have several questions. We'll and try I, to dissect it a little bit more. And during the break, I'm going to figure out how to ask these questions and keep my job. Okay. All right. We'll do that. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's 19 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Ulta Beauty is facing boycott threats after a trans TikTok star's podcast appearance. So Uh this was transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney went on Ulta's The Beauty Of podcast last week to talk about their journey with sexual and gender identity. Uh And now some Ulta customers are objecting to the conversation. Part of the conversation was that she said she wanted to become a mother and then later... This is the man who became a woman. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I could see why people would object to that because Mm -hmm. men can't give birth. Go ahead. And then later in the podcast, uh, two males were talking about what it was like in girlhood. And I could also see why people would object to that because men are not girls. Mm -hmm. Okay, so far, I'm on on board. You're on board with this. I see it. I see what's going on. Okay, so the question is... I buy a lot of makeup at Ulta. Uh-huh. I mean, not a lot of makeup, but that's typically where I go. Sure. Now, do I have to switch to go online only or buy direct from the uh, supplier and skip Ulta altogether? 
Like, what what do you do in these situations? Because everybody is calling for a boycott of Ulta based on this podcast. So are they upset because of what I said, which is that women, men cannot give birth and that men are not girls? Like... Is that what people are calling for a boycott of? What? Are, why are they? Because it would seem to me that in the beauty industry that you would have a lot more, so, well, I guess the phrase I'll use is socially accepting people mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. wouldn't be up in arms over this. Okay, well, you know what? Let's listen to one person and why she's upset. This is Jill. So unless you've been living under a rock for the past couple of days, you know that Alta, in their podcast, has decided to talk about the beauty of girlhood with a biological man. She says, and I quote, I want to be a mom one day and I absolutely can. I don't care how much makeup you wear. I don't care if you adopt. I don't care if you go the route of surrogacy. You can never be a mother. And before you come at me saying that adoption is motherhood, of course it is, as long as the person who's adopting is a woman. If a man wearing a dress is adopting, he's still a dad. Ladies and gentlemen, accept who you are and what you can be. Whatever you can't is someone else's job. Okay. And that's okay. She goes on it and on to creepy. complain more, yeah. saying that, uh, you know, calling for a boycott of this store. Yeah. And there's, I think, maybe a lot of women who don't agree with the podcast and how they aligned with transgenders to promote femininity. Ulta said that beauty is for everyone. Sure. That was their answer. Everybody's got to make their own, draw their own line in the sand, to steal a phrase from Obama, on where and when they will stop consuming a product and there really is no right or wrong answer to this like if this doesn't offend you or your moral compass is not such that i draw the line at this or i just view this as someone having a differing view than i have then continue to consume the product you shouldn't feel bad for it there is no definitive this is where you opt out of something you know i for several years, stopped going to Bruce Springsteen concerts because he was injecting politics into the concert itself. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people did as I did, and I think he got tired of seeing empty seats, and he has really since stopped doing that, and I started going again. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make anything right or wrong. Each person has to draw their own line. I know you are a person who feels strongly about womanhood and motherhood. If you are offended by that, which you are 100% in your right to be, and I think many people would support you, then you can send a message to Alta one person at a time by saying, I will not consume your product. If you continue to consume the product, then you're really telling them that's okay. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make one answer right or wrong. Everyone has their own moral compass. But if you want to send the message, then opting out of buying their product is the best way to do that. Yeah. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1123. And let's head to Georgia. We've got some random, confused, likely accidental (laughs) acts of journalism down there. And this is when Warnock gets asked, with all of the inflation going on, why should voters give him another chance? And here's his answer. We've been talking to a lot of voters who say the economy is a top issue for them. Democrats have been in control of the White House, of Congress for the past few years. Inflation has soared. Why should Georgia voters give you another chance? We are still 
in the throes of a pandemic that dragged on for more than two years. <laughs> Biden told us the pandemic was over, Rob. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so which is it? He doesn't have a good answer. Well, and uh, Raphael Warnock knows deep down he's about to get boat raced by Herschel Walker. I, not only do I think Herschel Walker's going to win, I think it's going to be a lot less close than the polls are predicting because just like with Trump, and I felt the same way about Trump in 2016, and people laughed at me at the time. Finding there is a whole group of voters for Herschel Walker who are men between the ages of 40 and 60 years old who will vote because they're sport fans. They are Georgia mm-hmm. football fans, and finding these people is going to be very difficult to do. And when you couple the fact that Georgia is a swing state anyway that could go either way, when you add on this large group of people who, because of Herschel Walker's legendary status in that state, it's not going to be nearly as close as people think. Now, do I think he's going to win 70% of the vote? No. But do I think there is actually a possibility that Herschel Walker wins over 50 and avoids a runoff? Yes. We'll see. The point in all this, though, is can you think of any other business, Casey, in which, because politics is a business, where you can fail epically time after time after time after time, as the Democrats have done the last two years that Raphael Warnock has been a United States senator, and not only are you not fired, there's a chance you will be rehired. Uh, Rehired or even promoted in some cases. You did a terrible job at that. So let's elevate you into something even greater. Politics is the only business in which that happens, in which almost every single government does more damage than the one before it to our society. Now, there are some rare exceptions, but yet we keep electing people, we keep promoting people, we keep sending them back. And I do not understand, and I've said this many times, why we are more upset when we get an order wrong at a McDonald's than we are when we get totally screwed by politicians who are making six figures. Yeah, record number of uh, voters turned out in Georgia as they began their early voting, of course. They ain't there to vote for Raphael Warnock, Casey. You don't think that they would show up early to vote for him? Record number is enthusiasm. It's why I said back Mm -hmm. in 2020 I thought Trump was in trouble because the early voter is the enthusiastic voter, and the enthusiasm was, in this case, the people who wanted to get rid of Trump. The enthusiasm in Georgia... Who's the guy who would have the enthusiasm? It's people who love Herschel Walker. Yeah. Uh, Pivotal race there. Also in Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Michigan. It's 1127. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, I just met you. Our number, 317-684-8444. If you'd like to leave us a message, we would like to hear from you. Questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever. 317-684-8444. Yeah, and we tried to get to all of them uh, last hour, but couldn't. Had several good voicemails. Wanted to get those in because we know you love hearing from your fellow listening contemporaries, and we love hearing from you as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Got a call with a guy talking about something very important that doesn't get talked about enough, and that is getting rid of the career politicians with term limits. This is Donnie. I called in the other day to talk about the problem that is the two-party system. 
thought I'd discuss another problem that ties into that problem, and that's term limits. Mm. Like I said in my last call, I will be 60 years old next month. And I have literally been hearing people talk about term limits, complain about career politicians, saying we need term limits since I was a teenager. Yet, it's almost 2023, and we still don't have term limits. How is that possible? And it ties into the two-party system because you got so many people that safely go vote every election. They don't vote for the person. They vote for the letter by their name. No matter how long they've been in office, no matter what they've done, they just vote for the incumbent with the letter by their name. And that's how you get these 20, 30, 40-year career politicians that's done nothing while they've been in office, like the one that would remain nameless, Biden, who sits at the White House. Anyway, love the show. Love you guys. I listen to it every single day. Keep up the good work. Okay, so a couple things with this. I thought this was a great call with some really important stuff. One, Mm -hmm. politicians, the vast majority of them, will not vote for term limits because they're incapable of functioning in the real world outside of politics. Right, why would they do that? It's like putting themselves out of work. Sure. Although uh, Hollingsworth has mentioned a few times that he would advocate for term limits. Yeah, and he got out. Trey did it the right way. He said he would run for six years, and he did six years, and he's uh, he's— doing something else Um, who knows but the point is the majority of these people now trey hollingsworth is also very lucky that his family is infinitely wealthy correct so he doesn't need a job right Right. like you know the family business is always there for him most of these people like think about the leaders right now in the state of indiana okay they are career political people todd young has been in office for 12 years he's trying to get six more What has Todd Young done or accomplished in those 12 years? Nothing. Eric Holcomb, his entire life was a yes stooge lackey for high-profile political people. What has he done that's a real job? Nothing. Look at our attorney general, Todd Rokita. He has been in politics for 20 years now from Secretary of State on, and he, when he got rejected by the voters, what was his next thing? Find another office to run for that I can hoodwink people into thinking I'm qualified for this. Um, the vast majority of these people, and it's not just true in Indiana, it's true all over the place, are career political people who are total zeros outside of politics, which is why they cling to it like grim death. By the way, before we move on to the next phone call, I would like to wish him happy birthday. Who? Uh, our last caller. He said he's turning 60 oh, next month. Oh, well, congratulations. One other thing I want to say, though. This is why I've talked about, especially in the Secretary of State's race, that the li- vote for the Libertarian, even if you're going to mental pretzel yourself out of fear into voting for Todd Young, don't do it across the board because the fastest way to break up these career political cabals and the monopoly that these people have is in Indiana, if the libertarians get the primary ballot access, that will really change this process and really become a threat to, in this case, it's Republicans because they control everything. But long term, having a viable third party as a part of the process and even if it, even if it weren't this weren't a thing, where if the libertarian gets ten percent, they get primary ballot access. 
the libertarian, Jeff Moore, is the best person for the job. Just the better candidate. So that's why we talk about it so much. I know sometimes people get tired of hearing about it and say, you're beating up on Diego or you're talking about this. It's so important. Like, And you people who listen to this show have such an advantage on everybody else because we are giving you this information that you won't get anywhere else, and we depend on you to give the information out to people so that so that it spreads. Right. All right. Uh, got somebody who uh, had an experience. You know, everything is buy green. You get a tax break. Mm-hmm. You get a this. You get a that. Had somebody who tried to do that and had a rather interesting experience. Okay. Hey, guys. I uh, just want to let you know you're talking about the savings uh, on the uh, Inflation Bill Act, like if you buy a, a, a energy-efficient stove or windows or siding. Uh, we checked into that, me and my wife, because uh, we were going to do the stove. And um, according to what we saw online, you have to make under 40000 per household. Mm. Well, that's you know 20000 a person, so uh, it's going to... Uh, surprise a lot of people that go and buy siding thinking that they're going to be able to get that back or some of that back and they're not so just thought i'd let you guys know uh keep up good work bye yeah there are all sorts of stipulations with yes. all of these tax breaks all right when we come back uh we're going to continue our conversation we've told you on your ballot this year the school board races are so important all over central indiana we've got such an opportunity to try mm-hmm. to take back our public schools so we're going to have another uh, person running for school board in central indiana yeah melba kaiser is her name and she's running for school board in noblesville and we'll speak with her next from 93 w-i-b-c It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. And you know, Casey, all election season, we've been talking about the school board races all across central Indiana. Yeah, people are very concerned because as a parent, you don't want to just put your child on the bus and then send them off to school and have not any say into what's going on in their education. So a lot of people are paying a lot of attention to what is going on with the school board races. You know, and it really seemed like COVID was the eye-opener for a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of people. I've heard from so many people who, and many of them are non-political people, who said, you know, I wasn't only paying attention, I should have been, and then my kid was forced to be home and I was home with my kid or kids and I saw the things they were learning and that's just not okay a lot of the things they're being taught. Well, yeah. I mean, as a parent, you want to trust the school system. You want to trust that they're teaching appropriate material and as we found out over COVID, not always the case. And it is making many people stand up and say, wait a second, I want to be involved in my child's future. And it's hard because these spineless, gutless Republican weasels in the state legislature, as well as the spineless weasel governor, Eric Holcomb, refuse to make people put party affiliations next to their name uh, because they're petrified of the teachers union. And so as such, it's really hard to know, hey, who's running? What are the Mm -hmm. views of these people? And so, you know, you and I talked about it and I said, look, let's have as many of these school board candidates across central Indiana on the show as we can. And it's one of these things where even if you don't live where the school board candidate that we're interviewing is from, you need to pay attention to it because mm-hmm. it seems like the same things that are happening in Brownsburg are happening in Carmel. The same things that are happening in Fishers are happening in Zionsville. And so there's a good chance these sort of issues are on the ballot and candidates who have very different views on these issues are on the ballot wherever you live. Yeah. So that's why to 
today we head to Noblesville. And as you mentioned, same thing could be happening in Beach Grove and Indianapolis and all around central Indiana. Yeah, so, M- M- Melba Kaiser is our guest. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. She's running for school board in Noblesville. Melba, we'll start with the same question we ask everyone. Why would you subject yourself to running for public office? Why are you running for school board? Well, first of all, thank you, Rob and Casey, for this opportunity. The reason why I'm running is uh, actually twofold. The first is that my parents emigrated from Cuba. I was born in Cuba. And they brought my brother and I here so that we could uh, have the American dream that we could live in liberty. And my parents always stressed to my brother and I, how important education was because they felt that with a good education, you could go anywhere and you could make a life for yourself. So the first is that was ingrained in me and so I know the importance of education. The second reason was actually when my eldest granddaughter was turning four years old, I was listening to what was happening nationally. I was reading what was happening nationally, and I decided to find out if it was happening locally. So I started attending school board meetings, and unfortunately what I found was that a lot of what I had been reading and seeing uh, in the news was also happening in Indiana. Melba, can you tell me anything specific that you saw that was brought to your attention in Noblesville? Absolutely. So uh, the first thing was, this was, as you said, around the COVID time. So uh, the mass mandates, um, it was a last minute notice at one of the meetings on a a Friday afternoon at four o'clock, an email went out from the superintendent uh, basically mandating masks. This is something that would normally be decided uh, by the school board or supported by the school board, but uh, the previous superintendent waited until the last possible minute to put this uh, notice out to the parents. And so there were quite a few upset parents. Another thing that happened was that despite the objection of several parents at a meeting, the board decided to extend a panorama contract, panorama survey contract for an additional six years uh, above and beyond the objection of parents who felt that this was an intrusion into their children's Melba, real, real quick, explain mm-hmm. what the, what those surveys are because they're very important and we've heard many parents talk about this in these yeah. different school districts. Explain what, the, what they are and why it's so offensive. Um, what the surveys are, what the panorama survey is specifically, it deals a lot into feelings, asking the child if they feel welcome in the school, if they feel supported by the family, are they ever feeling anxious, uh, do they uh, feel like they can trust the other kids in their schools, do they, for example, if you saw someone that you like, do something wrong, would you tell on them? Would you do the same thing if it was done by someone you don't like? So it it delves a lot into the children's feelings, and it actually brings up issues that otherwise may never have come up in the child's mind. And what they do is they actually track the students from year to year. So it's basically about getting an emotional map 
on each individual student. Mm-hmm. Melba Kaiser is our guest. She's running for school board in Noblesville. So you mentioned that you fled Cuba, which is run mm-hmm. by a lot of radical leftist socialist maniacs. And I'm curious <laughs> if you're seeing in this country now at least the tenets of a lot of the things your parents and you fled from Cuba all those years ago. Actually, I am, and that's what is really very concerning to me. And I started noticing this many, many years ago, but at that point, it was just one small thing at a time. But uh, definitely in the last 10 years or so, I've seen it escalate dramatically. And uh, it's just becoming a country that I find unrecognizable in the 60 years that I've been here. Yeah, and this is why I thought your interview was so interesting, um, is because it's easy for us to sit here and say, Casey and I talk about this, hey, it's radical leftism, it's Mm -hmm. things that are happening to socialist countries. Melba, you have actually come from a socialist country. You actually have Mm -hmm. seen it firsthand. So you are the most qualified person in the world to say (laughs) what we say every day. Yeah. Uh, Yes, unfortunately, as I said, I find it difficult to understand when someone doesn't, who has come here doesn't fully appreciate the privilege of having come here because I still have a lot of family in Cuba that I haven't seen in decades. Um, and that is a difficult thing as a person that you have that you know that you have family and you know that they're suffering and there's nothing that you can do about it. Melba, I think it's really interesting. We've talked to other people that are running for school board in different areas and most mm-hmm. of them were parents. They had children in the school system. And with you, it's a little different. You're saying that you have grandchildren that are yes. in the system. And right. what what would you like to accomplish if you're elected to school board? Basically, what I would like to accomplish is to make sure that my grandchildren and other people's grandchildren and also our great-grandchildren have the same opportunities that uh, that I had, that they continue to have, you know, the First Amendment rights, that they continue to have a great education so that they can pursue whatever goals and dreams they have. Because we have to realize that You know, uh, the reason why my parents brought me here wasn't just for my brother and myself. It was for our children and our grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. And so that's what I want to make sure that we have in place, is that we continue to have the same great education, a top-notch education, which is what I feel that I received, uh, and that they have the same opportunities whether that's a trade school, whether that's going to college, whether that's working in Indiana, whether it's working in another state, whatever their goals are, I want to make sure that we're giving our kids the best education possible so that they can pursue their dreams. Melba, before we let you go, I did want to ask you this because one of the infuriating things for a lot of people is that the school board races are nonpartisan. It's the only nonpartisan mm-hmm. election in the state. Even the surveyor, the recorder, the county coroner, for crying out loud, are partisan. And this just infuriates me that these Republicans that run our state government are so weak that they allow this to happen. Has it been harder for you to get your message out? And has it been harder for you to identify to people, look, this is these radical left policies policies here's the people who put it in because they don't have to declare that i'm a democrat and you don't get to declare you know i'm a republican you know or a libertarian i mean it it has got to be a lot harder to run when you are working against that it it has made it more difficult especially because 
Um, two other people who are running also call themselves, they call themselves, they don't declare this just as I don't declare it, but they call themselves Republicans. And so it's become more difficult to distinguish myself from other people. But what I have to say is, I don't, I don't think I have heard this uh, from other interviews, and I want to stress this. School board races are basically um, majority elections. This is not like you are choosing me or you are choosing one other person. The school board decisions and changes are made with a majority vote. So it's really critical that people take a look at who's running in their uh, district and select people who have their values. Mm. So in my case, I'm running with someone else. Her name is Misty Ray. That's M-I-S-T-I-R-A-Y. She is another person who is looking to make changes to the current school board and to the schools and the things that are happening in the schools. She has children that are in the school system. And so she has seen over her education in Noblesville schools and their education in Noblesville schools that things are going awry. Uh, you, do, you, so, do you have a, real quick before we go, do you have a website, do you have a Facebook page, Melba, if people want to learn more about you and maybe some of the people you're running with? Absolutely. So Melba Kaiser for Noblesville School Board, and that is spelled K-I-S-E-R. And Misty Ray for Noblesville School Board. All right. And good. her last name is R-A-Y. All right. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, Micah very much recommends you, and I won't hold that against you. Uh, <laughs> so good luck, Melba, in your uh, race for school board in Noblesville. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Melba Kaiser from Noblesville, and good luck in your race for school board. And Rob Kendall, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you. Good job, Kevin, and thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.